welcome to the Bookmark Podcast, sponsored by the Wallingford Public Library, where we talk about books, culture, and library life. My name is Cindy Haken. I'm the Reader's Advisory Librarian at the library, and as you already know, I could talk about books all day long, and sometimes I do. I am very excited to introduce my new co-host, taking over for Allison in this podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Julie Rio. I am the assistant director of the Wallingford Public Library, and I am not a book nerd. I'm just a nerd. Amen. (laughs) So, Cindy, tell us what's new at the Wallingford Public Library. Oh, so much is happening at the library. First of all, and this is actually serious and important, we have changed our mask policy at the request of Wallingford's health director. Uh, We used to allow not just the regular masks in, but people wearing a bandana or a gaiter or those masks with the breathing. Exhalation valve. Exhalation exhalation valve, thank you. Um, And we can't do that anymore. Uh, There's too much concern with the variants in the area. uh, And we are uh, asking everyone really just to wear the regular um, cloth mask or disposable mask that covers your nose and your mouth. And we have um, boxes of the disposable masks available when you walk into the library in case you, you don't have the right kind of mask or you're coming in wearing just a bandana or something like that. And, and, and people have been super understanding about it, um, and, and it's, which is great. But we think it's really important um, that we adhere to this policy to, to keep the library open. Yes, must stay safe so that we can stay open. Absolutely. Um, The other news that is near and dear to my heart is that Book Buzz is coming up at the very beginning of March. Julie is smiling. Yay! Book Buzz, (laughs) which was actually Julie's idea, feels like a lifetime ago now, um, is a semi-annual program that we run where uh, we get together and we talk about all of the major book releases coming up over the next six months. So the spring and summer book buzz program, which will be on March 1st and 2nd, um, talks about books that are scheduled for release between March 1st and the end of August. Um, We have three sessions. They are all over Zoom, uh, two o'clock and five o'clock on Monday, March 1st, and seven o'clock on Tuesday, March 2nd, and you can register online. I will be at the Tuesday one. Good to know I can be prepared. (laughs) Beverages of your choice are strongly recommended for Book Buzz. I especially enjoy Book Buzz because of the amount of work it uh, makes you do uh, (laughs) in preparing for it. Uh, How, so you choose your top 20. Yeah. But then in all the different categories, yeah. how many books in total do you I, pull together? It, it's, it's something like 450, I think. There's, there's seven or eight different handouts. I forgot. I forget. Oh, no, I know. The, there's 59 in each of the major handouts. But then I added another handout last time, which I'm going to have again this time. <laughs> it's just of 40. So what is that? 413 plus 40. 453 is, is, is the answer. Yes. Um, uh, but by and genre, that's a called down list. And that is called down. Yes. That is called down. Julie knows one of one of the most popular categories, um, a catch-all fiction category. There's room for fifty-nine, and I think I have on my long list close to double that number, and it's going to be horrible. Wow. Horrible. And that tickles and, me. Yes, I know. So kind. <laughs> 
but I look forward to book buzz. I so, do. I look forward to book buzz when it's finished. Yeah. Check our website, uh, wallingfordlibrary.org, for more information on that program. And then the other exciting thing I have to talk about that's new at the library is that we are hiring a new position for the library, a full-time facilities manager. Woohoo! Yes, and that person will perform um, <clears throat> administrative and managerial work in coordinating, directing, and leading repair and upkeep of the library building and grounds. Um, and our building is an aging building, so there are uh, some things that need to be addressed on it, and it'll be nice to have a full-time person devoted to that. So information is on our website. I hear Lennon barking. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, so go to our website uh, for the full job description and information on how to apply. Uh, and if you know anyone who might be interested, send them that way as well. Yeah, that would be, that'll be a tremendous hire and it'll take a load off you, which is a good thing too. That's definitely a good thing. <laughs> so Cindy, what are you reading? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What since, aren't you reading? What Maybe aren't I should I ask yes. you that. No, there's a lot I'm not reading, but um, uh, since, since the last time uh, someone asked me that question, I've read a bunch. There's three books in particular that I've read that I really, really liked. I don't bother sharing the ones that I didn't like so much. Um, the first is uh, an older book by Tana French. I'm a huge Tana French fan. She um, writes these very dark um, Irish detective mysteries, but she writes with a, with a sort of literary fiction flair. So she, she's very unusual in that way because she doesn't stick to the standard detective series formula. Uh, and I read the only one of her books that I hadn't already read. It's called The Likeness. And I think it was her second book. Um, and it's, uh, it's about a, a woman who, who in her past life as a, as a cop was um, an undercover cop. And, and so she was really good at adopting someone else, so this fake persona and in, infiltrating into a crowd. Um, and she gets brought back to that world when um, a young woman is murdered who looks just like her and Ooh. has adopted her former made-up persona, if you can follow that, what I mean. Yeah. That it's very cool. Really. Very, right? So she goes, so, so the cops don't tell her friends that she's been murdered. Instead, she, she, they pretend she's in a coma and then there she is coming back to life. Mm. Um, and she's, her purpose in doing that is to figure out what happened, obviously. Um, and it's, it, she gets very, very swept up in the world of this woman's friend group. Um, and it has this, if you, if you ever read Donna Tartt's first novel, Secret History, which has sort of a cult-like following, it has a little bit of that. Um, and a lot of detective stuff and undercover stuff. And her, her boyfriend is one of the cops and he's all freaked out that she's doing this and there's all of that. And it was just a, a great, great read. Um, so if you're in the mood for something like that, I recommend it. Um, another Sounds older good. book, another old, th thank you for saying, another <laughs> older book that I read because it is 
uh, one of the reading recommendations of the Duchess of Cornwall's brand new book club is uh, a book by William Boyd called Restless. Um, he, th th it's, um, I think he wrote it 20, 25 years ago. And it's uh, about a woman who was an, um, a spy for the British during the early stages of World War II. She was part of a group that was trying to help get the US into the war. Um, and uh, she is, it takes place in the mid seventies where her daughter is sort of fumbling around um, in her life and her mother, the woman who was a spy, um, tells her about her, her past to get her to help sort of tie up some loose ends from that time of her life. So the book switches back and forth from that, those days during World War II to the present, the present being the mid 1970s. Mm -hmm. And it was, it just was very well written and very uh, atmospheric. And, you know, you sort of wanted to know how, it, how there was an element of tension about what was going to happen. And it was just a good read, easy mm -hmm. read, good read. And now, and I yeah. just, I just want to say that yeah. you have an uncanny knack that no matter how you describe a book, I'm, it makes me want to read it. <laughs> that is maybe the nicest things you have ever said to me because I don't think these books are really your kind of books at all. But uh, I don't think so. But <laughs> you make them sound interesting, and it makes me want to pick it up and read it. Aww, aww. Oh, please Thanks, don't get don't get gushy. Okay, I'm over it. Um, <laughs> the last book, which is which, uh, is the only book that's new um, of this three that I'm sharing, is Inside Story by Martin Amos. So Martin Amos is a is a very famous. British author. He now lives in Brooklyn. Um, and his father is Kingsley, was Kingsley Amos, who was one sort of the great British novelists of the 20th century. Um, and he subtitled this book a novel, but I don't think, I think that's a, toying with us a little bit. It's actually reads very much like a memoir about um, uh, the impact on his life of the death of three three hugely important people in his life, um, Saul Bellow and Philip Larkin, who were uh, surrogate father figures to him, and then Christopher Hitchens, who was one of his closest friends, maybe his closest friends. And, and um, it reads like memoir. I have no idea whether some of it is fictionalized memoir. I am a bigger fan of his nonfiction writing than his, than his novels. And I just, I just think he's a master writer. And so I was mesmerized by it and he does these asides where he gives read, writing tips um, which since he's such a good writer were just really interesting um, I, I have a feeling that a lot of it is tongue-in-cheek but but his losses are palpable and um, and he's he writes about them in a very sort of British way but you can feel it you can feel his pain um, mm. And I, I loved it, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's for every, and everybody, I really don't. But if you are a fan of Martin Amos's writing, I think this is a can't miss. Yeah, that's one I won't be picking. Yeah, up. I don't think that's right. <laughs> there you go. Okay, there you go. Enough about me. What, Julie, since, since yes. you know, I'm always interested Indeed. in what you're reading. Tell us. Um, and I will tell you that I do not read as much as Cindy does. I don't think anyone does. Uh, and I read very differently than what Cindy reads. Um, what I picked up to actually start reading just this past weekend 
um, after I watched the HBO series Watchmen, mm. starting starring the fabulous Regina King as mm. Angela Abar, a real uh, bad ass woman, <laughs> um, is actually the uh, source material for that uh, program. Uh, which is Watchmen. Uh, It was a 12-part graphic novel series. Um, And what I picked up actually on Hoopla, because I was not at the library this past weekend, uh, is Watchmen, the annotated edition uh, by Alan Moore and illustrated by Dave Gibbons, edited with notes by Leslie Klinger. Um, And basically it takes uh, panel by panel each of the 12 original Watchmen graphic novels and explains uh, in, in some detail uh, what is actually going on in the, in the books. Wow. In the gra- yeah. Uh, you know, I, I haven't gotten very far because I'm really taking a deep dive into it. Uh, but it's, it's fascinating. I mean, is Watchmen. Is it massive? It, it yeah, it's, massive. It's 400 and something yeah. pages. Okay. But, you know, (laughs) I'm feeling ambitious. Um, It's really, uh, you know, I mean, that graphic novel series is, I think, one of the first series, and it really defines the genre uh, when it came out. So I'm really, you know, based on the program, which seems like a lot of my reading now is coming from uh, watching something and then going back to the original source material. So that's good. Like Bridgerton, uh, you're going to start watching Bridgerton, then, reading uh, that, right? Yeah, I don't think that's my <laughs> cup of tea. Uh, and Maybe then the, okay. And then the other book that I actually just finished reading, I know. Insert a hallelujah there. Yes, I'm waiting. Uh, is the death of Vivek Oji by Akwake Emeze. Oh. Yes. <laughs> One of my favorite books of 2020. Okay. And so, yes, the reason why we're saying finally is because Cindy recommended that I read this book, uh, was it last summer? Last summer, right after I read it. And I started reading it in November. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it took me about three months, four months to finish it. It's not a long novel, just want to say. Not a long novel. No. But I'll tell you why, and I'm going to get a little heavy on you. Oh, okay. I'm ready why it took me so long to read. So the story is about, obviously, the death of Vivek Oji, right? So the right from the very beginning, you know no he's going to die. Yeah. No spoiler there. Right in the very beginning, his body is left at his parents' doorstep. So you know right away, okay, this is what happens. And then we go back in time to learn a little bit about his, his birth, his growing up, and the troubled, uh, his troubled feelings and how he's having problem expressing that and expressing himself. So he becomes withdrawn, right? So I know Vivek Oji. I know people like Vivek Oji. And reading that, I was very afraid for certain you know, I figured out what his troubles were, are, and, you know, they dropped several hints throughout the book mm-hmm. about what's going on, and I figured it out, and they also dropped several hints about 
not how he died, but where he died and when he died. And I was afraid of what was going to happen. I was afraid, and this is going to be a spoiler, I was afraid that it was a violent death, but it turns out it was not. Right. So thinking that it was going to be a violent death and, you know, given all that we have been through in 2020, I didn't know if I wanted something that heavy, but knowing that my friend Cindy recommended it and knowing that I had to talk about something on this podcast, <laughs> I, I finished the book, but I want to read to you a brief passage oh, please, because, because this, is, this is where I stopped reading. And I'll tell you why. Okay. So this is chapter four, and this is Vivek talking. I'm not what anyone thinks I am. I never was. I didn't have the mouth to put it into words, to say what was wrong, to change the things I felt I needed to change. And every day it was difficult, walking around and knowing that people saw me one way, knowing that they were wrong, so completely wrong, that the real me was invisible to them. It didn't even exist to them. So if nobody sees you, are you still there? So it was like, wow. I read that and I was like, I am now terrified about the death of Vivek Oji. And I don't know if I can go on, but I'm glad I did because it really is a heartwarming story. And you know, really very powerful, very, very beautifully written. Uh, and I highly recommend it. I'm so, I'm so glad really. And that you reading that passage just reminded me it, it's, it's, it was, it's not actually my kind of novel. I read it because somebody who's reading advice I trust felt loved it, loved it, loved it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, uh, I inhaled it. And I had the same fear as you. I was anticipating a violent death yes. and was surprised and relieved when that wasn't the case. Um, uh, I thought it was very sad and very beautiful um, and, and really, really a worthy read. Yes, most definitely. Uh, so we're going to change topics a little bit here. Yeah, we, whew, that was too heavy. Whew, but you know no, what? It was good. It was good. It was good, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to get heavy again. Okay, you know, I'm ready, I, I'm ready I, again. I'm stealing myself. I know I'm uh, known for my humor, but yeah. Cindy, yeah. yeah, whether it's good humor or not, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> but Cindy, you're my friend, you're a fellow librarian, and I feel that I can talk to you about something very personal. Cindy... Yes, I'm in Julie. a reading slump. <gasps> it's a tragedy. Being in a reading slump is it a tragedy. Is. It, it is. It is. It is. I'm know, not kidding. So in case you don't know, I'm going to define a reading slump as the unfortunate occurrence when a reader cannot find a book to hold their attention. Yeah. It's okay. an awful feeling. It's awful. It's awful. And, and it, it's, it, I mean, okay, that's a, that's a very, that's like a Webster dictionary definition, but it, right. It means, it means that nothing is working. You either can't be bothered to pick up a book or you think you're going to love this book and you don't, or, or you settle in and it's like, eh, 
and your mind starts to wander and just nothing is working for you. And for people who really rely on reading as their escape or just something they love to do, when they're in a reading slump and they can't find anything good or they, that they think is good, it just feels awful, um, awful. And it's been happening extra during the pandemic. I'm sure. Because reasons for a reading slump are, yeah. uh, like me, uh, I had finished a book that I really enjoyed, and I just couldn't find anything else that felt worthy enough. Yeah, that is that is where well, you're on such a high, and then you can't. You exactly. Just, like, what are you gonna? What's gonna? What's gonna match that? And and what are you gonna do next? Or you're just so busy that you can't carve out the headspace, let alone the time, but also the headspace to settle in with a book. Mm -hmm. Or also in my case, sometimes I get lazy. (laughs) I have no comment, no comment about that. Um, Or you're, or you're stressed, right? You're so stressed that your brain can't, can't settle down to, to just go into a story and you're just whirling around and you can't, you can't let that stress go. Yeah, you feel dis- lately. Yeah, you feel distracted by everything else going on in the world or going on in your life and it's hard to sit down and you know, I'm the type of person I I can't read for just 5 minutes. I I have to really whether I'm yeah. reading fiction or nonfiction, I want to really get into the book. Yeah. And so to sit down for 5 minutes just doesn't do it no, for me. No, it doesn't me. work. So, yeah. You know, so sometimes I feel very distracted, and if I can't devote that time to the book, I just won't even sit down at all. Yeah, and you have to be—you have to be willing to sort of be comfortable and sit down, like really settle in. Yeah. Um, uh, the same by the same token, if you're sort of fidgety, if you're if you're not physically relaxed and comfortable, then you're not going to be able to sit and read. Well, yeah, for me, honestly, my favorite place to sit and read is out on my deck in my comfy chair. Maybe not in, you know, well, sub-zero ex- temperatures. See, now you get my point because <laughs> it's, a, it's a little chilly out there and uh, there's a lot of snow on my deck right now. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit out there and read. So, you know, it's harder for me to find that comfortable spot in the winter. You know, where's your favorite place to read in the house? I don't think I have one. Um, I have a really big comfy chair um, that I like to, to, to sit, sit under a blanket and read in, but, but it's also my dog Lennon's favorite hangout <laughs> spot, so he oh. gets dibs. Yeah, uh, there's we a, definitely can't move Lennon. No, oh, there's, a, there's a very comfy inconvenienced. couch. Uh, there's a very comfy couch in the sitting room that sort of overlooks the front um, lawn, and I... I, I like that, and I like reading in bed. But if it's if it, d- it depends on the time of day, because I'll, I'll just fall asleep, and that will be that won't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, Cindy, as a reader's advisory librarian, how can you break out of a reading slump? Well, uh, um, I mean, there are a lot of ways. You just have to be. You don't have to. First thing I should say is, don't give up. Don't give up. <laughs> because you will break out of it um, eventually. I, I actually, I know you find this hard to believe, but I was actually in one for, for most of January. Um, and it, I was pretty unhappy about it, let me, let me tell you. Everything was blah. Um, 
one way to break out of it is to switch genres. Um, so if, you, if you've been reading a lot of literary fiction, like I tend to do, try a graphic novel, which I never read, or, or try um, a, a, some, some page turner uh, thriller mystery just to just to see if you can get your mojo going or or like I did um, when I watched the Bridgerton series on Netflix I tried a romance novel which <laughs> I read quickly um, I'm not sure that that really worked for my slump but uh, uh, switching genres sometimes sometimes gives you a little a little boost that's one suggestion yeah, another suggestion I have is to set a, a time goal. So I don't like to read in, in five-minute increments, but maybe if I could say, okay, I'm going to set aside a half an hour today and maybe I'll do an hour tomorrow, that's something that's worked for me in the past. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, or if you if you have a go-to, even if you don't typically reread, I don't read reread a lot, but if you if you have a favorite book, Go and pull it off the shelf and reread the parts that you loved. You don't have to reread the whole book, but just reread your favorite parts. And that sort of, it's like, oh yeah, this is what reading is. This is why I love reading. And that might just sort of get, get your mojo back on. It is my policy to never, ever reread a book. Okay, that's a little rigid. <laughs> just going to say, well, that's, that's a little rigid. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, like you said, to be patient, definitely, yeah. you know, I mean, you have to be very patient with yourself and, and it doesn't matter why you're in the reading slump, just be patient. And keep trying. Don't, don't give up because Lord knows there are an awful lot of books out there and, and reading, as I've said before, and we'll say again, is a super subjective thing. So there are books for you, I promise. So don't give up. Keep trying. Yeah, and you know something else I've tried is I have a huge to be read pile. Yeah, uh, actually I have several to be read piles. Yeah. One is by my comfy chair in the living room, and the <laughs> other one is on my bedside. You now, and sometimes you could just take a look at that and see what you're in the mood for. Or, you know, you can pick up several of them and say, "Let me try this. Let me try that." Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, you know, you're going for the book that everyone is talking about. You say, "Oh, I must. I have to read like." I have to read that because everyone's talking about it, but that's not actually what you should be. You shouldn't feel you have to. This isn't school anymore. Um, uh, um, so you should, I, I do that all the time. I just stare at my TBR piles and think, um, what do I actually want to read? Um, usually though, it's, I have too many library books and they have due dates, so I don't have to <laughs> ah, The but pressure, the pressure. Speaking of the library, go and talk to your local friendly librarian because that's why we're there. Yay. Yay. Because <laughs> we've got tons of reading suggestions. And, um, uh, you know, I love sitting down with someone and saying, and they say, I need, I need a book. I can't, I need a book. And I'm like, well, talk to me. Tell me what you like to read. And then usually they leave with five books because they're free and, and they can try them all and see what works. So that's always a good idea. And my last suggestion uh, to break out of that reading slump is to agree to co-host a podcast about reading. There you go. And know that you <laughs> must contribute something to that the conversation. Will light a fire under you for sure. Cindy's going to say, let's talk about the books we've been reading and you've got to have an answer. I've got to have something to say. That's brilliant. We'll get everyone who's in a reading slump to come on the show. <laughs> 
so next uh, segment is our uh, cook the book or what I'm going to say is bake the book yeah, because we're baking. Yeah, we're baking this time. We are. Um, my recipe comes from the Adobo Road Cookbook, A Filipino Journey from Food Blog to Food Truck and Beyond by Marvin Gapultos. Uh, it's a cookbook that's available on Hoopla. Um, Marvin is the author of a food blog called Burnt Lumpia, which uh, Lumpia is a Filipino version of an egg roll, which is uh, deep fried and made with a pork filling. Yum. Delicious. Yum. Uh, Marvin is also the owner of a gourmet food truck in Los Angeles. Um, now, I chose this recipe because my uh, in-laws are Filipino. And while I cannot compete with my mother-in-law's cooking, because she is an excellent cook, um, one thing I can contribute to the meal is a dessert, because she does not uh, make dessert. So this is my way to contribute to the meal. And so what I've made is a pulverone, which is, I'm going to call it a candy and a cookie, a cross between, it's a, it's a confection. Okay. 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 Um, it is, has a crumbly pulverized cookie texture. Ooh. The word pulverone literally translates to pulverized. I can see that. So, okay. Yeah. And there's no bake. Okay. It's done no on, no bake. Oh. Done on the stovetop. Okay. Because okay. all it is, is toasted flour, powdered milk, sugar, butter, and then whatever you want to use to flavor it. So you can use Oreos, pecans, bourbon for the adult pulverone, uh, peanut butter. Wow. So you mix it all together and it makes like a, a, like a, a wet sands kind of feel. Yeah. And then my little trick, it doesn't say this in the recipe, is that I put it in the refrigerator for about 15 minutes so that it kind of sets together. And then you use a uh, spring-loaded mold to make them into these like oval shapes, okay? okay. Uh, or if you don't have the, obviously the pulverone shaper, you can use a tablespoon, a okay. sturdy tablespoon. <laughs> um, and so I actually made some yesterday. In Look, anticipation. In anticipation. See, Ooh, see what it looks like? What's, what's the flavor it's, of that one? This is a cookies and cream one made with Oreos. Yum. Yes. See, now this isn't fair to our listeners because <laughs> I can see that and it looks good. Yeah. You know, and I mean, they're really delicious, but they're very sweet. Yeah. You know, especially I, depending. Yeah. yeah. Especially depending on the flavor that you use right. to flavor it. Right. It's very sweet. But big hit with the in-laws, especially my father-in-law, who said that it was the best pulverone he had ever eaten. Wow. Now, I'm pretty sure he's just saying that to make me feel good, but I'll take it. <laughs> so, Cindy, what did you make oh, from my the cookbook? Goodness. So, I picked, I, I picked um, a recipe from a book called Simple Cake, All You Need to Keep Your Friends and Family in Cake. Um, what could be bad about that book? <laughs> um, it's by Odette Williams, who, uh, and you can find this in, in our catalog. Um, she, um, Odette Williams is actually, she's an apron designer. She's not a baker. She's not a chef. She's an apron designer who just loves cake. 
Uh, and I did not know there was such a thing as an apron designer. I know, who knew? But who right? knew? Who but knew? I guess it makes sense. Um, and so <laughs> she's just she's just put together a collection of of super classic and very unfussy cake recipes that she's been using for years. So there's ten basic cake recipes, and I mean basic, um, and then fifteen frostings. So you can mix and match them. And for each basic cake recipe, she gives you a couple of suggestions of, of variations. The one I, um, I wanted to highlight is the almond one because I love mm. and I love almond and baking and it's made with almond flour. So if you happen to be gluten-free or if you're celebrating Passover or something like that, um, you, can, you can do it. Um, but it's egg yolks. You just beat egg yolks and sugar, add vanilla and almond extracts and lemon zest and then the almond flour and then you whip up the egg whites. That's usually when there isn't flour, you, you, you need to use egg whites to sort of hold things together. Um, and you fold them into the batter, add some more almond flour and you bake it. It's, it's, there's nothing to it. It tastes really, really good. You, her variations um, suggested adding a little bit of cinnamon, which sounds good, or some amaretto, which sounds really good. Mm, um, yeah. And you don't even need, you could do sweetened whipped cream or just some confectioner sugar. I wouldn't even bother with frosting. Um, for that one. But uh, mm -hmm. it's a great book when you're just looking for some easy cakes to make that are not stressful, but will make the end of your dinner really nice. Very nice. That's my, that's my baking the book for this episode. Oh, excellent. And Cindy, I can't believe it, but our time is up. Your first one, Julie. I made it through. I knew oh. you would. I knew you would. Oh, with your guidance and help. And... Oh yeah, that's it. That's what I did. <laughs> And I'm very pleased because my mother always said that I had a face for radio. So this is uh, <laughs> perfect for me. So thank you all for listening to The Bookmark. Please check the show notes for a list of the books, authors, and websites we talked about. Please subscribe to The Bookmark on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that way you'll know when a new episode is available. And visit the library's website at wallingfordlibrary.org for more information about the library, our up and upcoming events, and how to contact Cindy and I. Or is it Cindy and me? It's Cindy and me. Cindy and me. It's the okay. uh, see, two right. You're, it's the object there. Oh, and how to contact me. me. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, look, look at that! that. <laughs> oh, the things we're going to learn and talk about during this podcast. So true. We're going to go do it together. We are. <laughs> So thank you all for listening. Say goodbye, Cindy. Goodbye, Cindy. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs>